0: This is
1: This is John.
0: And this is Sarah. And welcome to the Millennial Gap. Today, we wanted to discuss the books that traumatized us as children. Personally, I found that there were a lot of books that I was traumatized by, but I'll let you all take it away first in case you have any books that you wanted to discuss.
1: But you have so many and we have so few. <laughs> <laughs> we can do, we can trade off. Okay, so, I think the thing that messed with me the most, or traumatized me the most, was, like, the Goosebumps books when I was really young, because it was a lot of, like, real life, not real life, but, like, it. And one of those things is called, kind of one of those, it could happen to you, dun-dun-dun, um, but I think the creepiest one, was there one with, like, a Fred Chilipist doll? Slappy, yeah, he yes. was the, the
0: worst. One, the ones
1: with Slappy were the creepiest.
0: It's interesting that you say that Slappy was the one that traumatized you the most. Because for me, it was probably the one with the mask. I don't know if you remember that one, Wait, but it was, yeah,
1: was... Was the one where a dad turned into an insect?
0: Probably. That might also just be Kafka. But <laughs> <laughs> in the mask one, it was... The girl goes to a Halloween store and sees this like really gross looking mask and then she puts it on and it becomes harder and harder for her to take off.
1: Oh yeah, and she becomes the creature.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That one was quite traumatizing. So, so the question
1: for that was did RL Stein tell the, the story of the mask for that one story, or did the mask still steal? R.L. Stein's story?
0: That's a good question, yeah. but seeing as how one is comedic and one is horror, I would assume that they were kind of just sure. created in tandem with different sorts of ideas.
2: Yeah, I found a couple. <laughs> I had to like remember what the hell happened in the 2000s. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Allie, you might know this one—the VC Andrews books.
0: Oh like, God, in the attic. I read My Sweet Audrina recently. Why was I allowed to read that as a child?
2: Why were we allowed to read any of those? I read pretty much all of them until I was about, I don't know, 13, 14. They were very incestuous and, like, horrifying. always had some horrifying grandmother or mother or, like, t- terrible situation happening to these children.
1: I mean, on uh, the, the opposite side of the uh, series of unfortunate events,
2: yeah,
0: but that's not... I don't know if I would say that they're traumatizing now.
1: I mean, they can be for younger people thinking like, oh, this is all real, and like, this count Olaf is this terrible person who likes to torture children just for their money.
0: So I guess if we're going kind of in the vein of the PC Flowers novels... BC Andrews. BC yeah. Andrews, excuse me. PC <laughs> Flowers, Jesus. But for me... One of the books that, again, I don't know why I was allowed to read as a child was Go Ask Alice, you know, those books that were supposed to be about the anonymous person and they did drugs and it's all about how their life was turned upside down. So I actually reread Go Ask Alice within the last couple of years and it's hysterical in retrospect. So the the plot of the book is there's this young woman who's named Alice and Alice starts smoking the wacky tobacco and immediately becomes addicted to marijuana, which just hilarious because you cannot actually get addicted to it. And over the period of something like three weeks goes from being a straight A good girl to selling drugs to children. And the end of the book is her getting clean. But then there's the epilogue, which is, and then Alice smoked too much weed and died. Um.
1: (laughs) In the book, did it say wacky tobacco? Wacky.
0: It did not say wacky to wacky in the book. But what I found out around the time that I was rereading the book. Very disappointing. Yeah, it was actually written by a Mormon Sunday school teacher.
1: It makes so
0: much sense. Oh, 100%. Especially if you think that in this insanely short period of time, she became addicted to drugs. And not just any drugs, she became addicted to weed. It is... The devil's Grass. Yeah, I was so traumatized by that book when I was thirteen, and I remember showing it to my dad, and him getting so furious that I was reading this book that he kind of just threw it across the room, and I had to give it back to the library.
2: Got another one. I don't know if um, I'm pretty sure John has probably not read this, but maybe you have the Janie Johnson series, the ones with like the <laughs> the face on the milk carton. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. I do.
1: So, guys, this is Sarah and Allie podcast. <laughs> along so, so
2: this one, so this series is like this girl uh, just living her life. She's probably about uh, 16. She's yeah, living her life. She They ha- used to give milk cartons in school. She sees her face on one of these milk cartons. And then she goes down this, like, big rabbit hole to find out why her face is on there. And she finds out. Her parents kidnapped her.
0: I thought it was their daughter kidnapped her, and they were technically...
2: No, no she. No, that's flowers in the attic, and it's all, like, oh
1: <laughs> Guys, when the actual fucking? Yeah, shit yeah, is yeah. happening? Yeah, so
2: she goes and lives with her her original family for a yeah. while, and then her parents, I think her mother, gets out of jail, and she like finds that she should go live with her kidnapped mother. It's very confusing, and it made me very uncomfortable no i mean I, for some reason i loved these terrible terrible books when i was a kid but uh i was always a little bit suspicious
1: <laughs> oh that's make that makes sense as why you're so suspicious nowadays oh yeah. i one, mean one i also
2: i also loved like the nancy drew books the hardy boys all those like mystery novels
1: can so just, can we talk about how now these things that the lives are now just like hit television shows Speaking of I mean, yeah. hit show, well, Archie, which has also now become a horror show, I guess. It's, it's
0: not a horror show. That show is sure. absolutely one of the wildest things I've ever seen. But uh, speaking of, again, books I probably should not have been reading as a preteen slash early teenager. There was this book. I cannot for the life of you tell me what the title was. But it had essentially the same plot as that show, The Family. I'm not sure if you remember it. But the plot of it goes, it follows this young guy who has been was kidnapped at a really young age by this sexual predator and has been essentially locked in this basement for years and years and years the police finally catch him and release the boy and they say oh you have a family to go back home to but this kid firmly believes that he is actually the sexual predator's son and there's no way that he could be related to this family and the rest of the book kind of surrounds him struggling with his identity and does he tell these people and was this person who was a predator actually his father i won't end up spoiling the ending for you but i can tell you i got in so much trouble for reading that book when i was in sixth grade because it was in the eighth grade section of the library and i should not have been there
1: (laughs) so so, thank you You can spoil it for us because i'm not reading that uh and dun dun dun
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly, it turned out it actually was his family, but it was based on a true case.
2: Oh, Oh, this explains your fascination with murder mysteries and like... Oh,
0: 100%. (laughs) Um, That also probably stems to a story a teacher told me in high school, which I will tell you all after the podcast because it is quite graphic, but yeah i read that book when i was way too young as we can see a common theme for me in these particular stories i have one though i feel like we can all relate to do you all remember those that series of book scary stories to tell in the dark
1: i was just about to talk about that (laughs) they were the worst what didn't one of them have like so i'll just go get a bug bite and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and bigger until i pictured that yeah, there like, was like scary stories but they
2: were like, like some of them weren't just scary they were kind of disgusting yeah. mm-hmm.
0: like, i don't yeah i don't even know if the stories themselves were that scary but those goddamn illustrations they were the worst nightmares nightmares for years oh my God,
2: like, and they were everywhere they were like in every school
1: oh yeah of those Things were like he was like, oh, no, it's art." right. I'm like, no, that's someone getting killed. Well, that's someone dying of suicide. FYI,
2: there house. are two others after that. After three series.
1: <laughs> of scary stories to tell in the
0: dark?
2: Yes, there's more scary stories to tell in the dark, and there's scary stories three, more tales to chill your bones. Oh, yes, so I had all three problem. of them. I'm sure you did. <laughs> things that we would probably never let our kids read nowadays
0: absolutely not but there was one story I remember in scary stories that was part of a book I read with my younger brother we probably were three and six at the time but in retrospect it's not that scary but it came with an audiobook and the narrator was so terrifying but the premise was there's a guy he goes hike hunting he finds a creature he can't get it but he cuts off the tail and then the creature starts stalking him in his house kind of scratching at the windows and the doors saying i will never forget this where is my taily po?" and again in retrospect not that scary but it was this narrator that had just the most chilling voice for a That's six-year-old.
2: Okay. So now I want to reread some of these books. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to have bad dreams.
0: Maggie suggests reading Go Ask Alice because that is just
2: hysterical at this point. I think I might reread The Face on the Milk Carton. <laughs> <laughs> I remember loving that and like reading all of like Carolyn Bikuni's stuff afterwards. And she has, she is prolific. She still has books coming out. Don't uh-huh. know how, because I'm pretty sure she's not alive anymore.
1: But podcast listeners, my wife has a stack of four books already on her nightstand that she's willing to read, that she's going to read. And now this will be another eight.
2: I also have like 25 on the bookshelves out here that haven't been read. So
1: I thought, I'll, I thought this is just we've read these that you're staying there now until Jack wants to read them. Some of these Jack should not read. True.
0: What was also, if I remember correctly, there was a series of books that acted as a sort of competitor to Goosebumps. Do y'all know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, but I don't remember.
0: I just, yeah. I remember they weren't as scary, scary, quote-unquote, as Goosebumps books were. don't
2: remember. I do remember, like, the Sweet Valley High books had, like, a counterpart that were, like, chilling adventures.
0: like (laughs) Sour Valley High. Sour Mountain Middle school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think there were like lots of ghosts. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, maybe now it's also just the transition into adulthood that I find for me that the books that either traumatize me or stick with me just have a serious emotional impact at this point. Like uh, a friend of mine who actually used to work with Sarah and myself recommended that I read The Roundhouse by Louise Erdrich, which is just an absolutely beautifully written book and is so powerful. And I got, I remember seeing on my Kindle, there was 5% left and saying to this mutual friend of ours, I don't know what to expect. You said this was going to be so terrible, and then I finished the book and had to put it down because I was sobbing so uncontrollably at the oh, ending. No.
2: Yeah, I feel like traumatizing us as adults is a lot. It's a very different thing. Like you read, I don't know. I was I was watching something the other day, and that made me cry my face off. Traumatizing is more. Are, is this going to make me cry? <laughs> Rather than yeah. Am I going to be able to go to sleep because I'm having nightmares of bugs crawling in my ears and nose?
0: Exactly. Like uh, another...
2: Guys, yeah. I will be
1: able to sleep well tonight. Thank you so much.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. It's all because of...
2: you do swallow like 10 spiders a year or something, right? Yes, that is incorrect. That information is not true. It's just a Snapple fact that's exactly. not right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but... If you do, I would say to our listeners, too, if you want another book to read, um, A Little Life by Hanya Yanigara is also. It's become one of my absolute favorite books that I will never, ever read again. It <laughs> is beautiful. And it's so heartbreaking to the point that you can't even cry. But she is a really amazing author that likes to take the perspective both of the abused and the abuser. And despite, mm-hmm. you know, being a female identifying person tends to take tell it from the perspective of of men, just because you tend to hear the stories of, you know, women, and she finds that men don't necessarily get as much of a voice, either speaking as someone who is abused, or in one of her cases of her books, the abuser. And it really allows for this deeper conversation to arise from it. But again, it is so sad that I couldn't even cry just because I felt like everything in me had just broken a little bit.
2: Talk source. about adult traumatizing. It's like I was thinking about this earlier, and either it's a it's going to make me cry, or I'm traumatized because they messed this up so badly, <laughs> like also so <laughs> poorly written or so poorly acted, or like it just depends. Like I watched the updated Rebecca earlier today and i read that as a teenager and the book is pretty scary you know rebecca it's gothic yeah the the dead wife the dead you know and they don't name the actual protagonist she's just mrs de winter and Mm -hmm. the dead wife is like haunting her not like actually haunting her but she's all over the house all of the the servants talk about her constantly the husband won't you know talk about her at all but they gave this new adaptation like a backstory and a reason for why she died and i'm like
0: but you find out why she died in in the the book
2: like they're happy together and i'm like this is weird that is not (laughs) the ending of the book no (laughs) so it's just like i don't know that kind of traumatizes me a little
0: yeah John, have so, you read anything you've been traumatized by recently?
1: Honestly, I think it's for press a lot of things nowadays because I don't I, <laughs> nothing's coming to my mind. <laughs> I, I try to stay towards like a fun, happy book that doesn't make me feel like I like to feel things, but at the same time like I don't want to feel like emotionally sad. The, the last book that it really impacted me a lot, and I still talk about it, still talk about to this day, is The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. And the reason it like impacted me in such a way, because like it felt like you were there. Like the, he described this entire chapter of him describing the lead character in the book sleeping on a roof, and the way the rain is hitting him, as well as the shingles on the roof, and it's like, one, holy crap, that's amazing. But two, like I remember literally being up until 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. one night and being like no I need to finish this because like this is this is the best book I've ever read in the longest time but as I said before like both you and Sarah are very like emotionally attached to things and Sarah's then she's kind of like scarred by how people interpret things usually when there's a book interpretation I go either it's going to suck (laughs) or it'll be Average. And then I, I, if it sucks, I'm fine with it. If average or with average, I'm excited. Like the book I was talking about, The Name of the Wind, uh, Patrick Rothfuss and Lynn Manuel Miranda, um, I think are going to Showtime or HBO and doing a show about, I guess, the father of the main character in the book. So essentially, it's a prequel hmm. to the next two books. There should be a third one coming out whenever he wants to take it out. Cause bring it out because it's been already written it's been looked at multiple times but it's like with uh, george rr martin the book will come we just don't no, know it's not
0: way. no george rr martin's gonna die it's gonna be like a girl with the dragon tattoo situation let's be honest <laughs>
2: oh no yeah that's not something i actually ever read when it was super like popular in its heyday I was just like
0: speaking of things that traumatized us Game of
2: Thrones ending I kind of knew the premise and I was like I don't really want to read about you know a woman who's been sexually abused and then you know does some horrible things to get answers
1: (laughs) so one book that did like horribly like mentally scarred me and not for the reason that I read it is finding out that My mom and I share an Amazon account, and she wanted to read Fifty Shades of Grey. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, it's so bad, it's so bad. And all three of them were already read, I'm like, oh, God, no, oh, no, why?
2: That
0: just scarred Um, me because of the terrible writing. (laughs)
1: That's great. Uh, All right.
0: On that note.
1: (laughs) Yes. On that wonderful note.
0: Uh, if you want to find more of us we are available on basically anywhere you could find podcasts if you can please give us five stars it definitely helps us with regards to the ratings if you have questions if you also want to talk about books that traumatized you as a child and or adult please email us at the millennial gap and as always
1: minds mind the gap, the gap.
0: So we're gonna get it one day we'll get it one day <laughs>